It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Hey, good morning. Shank of the day, chore time at Wax. Bob and Jill with you. Jill had a few days off. I take it you had a good Memorial Day weekend. I did. We did a lot of traveling. We went all the way down to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oh, boy. What's going on in Stillwater? A lot, uh, a lot of activity <laughs> down there? Actually, no. There wasn't hardly any people around. Traffic was, like, non-existent. But my niece, Courtney Zimmerman, is going to go to Oklahoma State. In the fall? In the fall. Oh, good. All right. So she'll be studying agriculture down there, I take it? Ag communications. Good for her. All right. And, uh... While you were gone, did the rest of the cows finish up the job? They did. I had uh, one more one more calf on Saturday night, just in time for her to go to pasture on Sunday morning. Uh, well, good time to go to pasture. Boy, that wouldn't be bad, laying out in that grass in this warm summer weather in Wisconsin, which we will tell you about. Also, we'll talk about, uh, well, the crop report, obviously delayed yesterday with a holiday and so the uh, crop progress report will come out a little bit later on today, and I would imagine that's going to show that uh, just about done with planting in many parts of the country. we still got some work to do in Wisconsin, but uh, what we see looks good. What did you see for crops on the way down there? Uh, I would imagine some of it's up pretty good. With some of it down farther south we went, the higher the corn was, of course. Yep. But uh, there was actually some in Minnesota that was just getting planted because yeah. it had been so wet. Yep, so they got to, like I said, catching up on it, getting close to the end, but uh, again, not everybody had perfect conditions. Hey, don't forget uh, dairy breakfast. We'll talk about those, and you're not thinking about moving to Minnesota, are you? You know they're going to legalize marijuana. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'll be okay just staying here in Wisconsin. <laughs> they're supposed to be doing that pretty soon for adult recreational use, whatever that means. Hey, May is Beef Month. We're not done with May yet. We're celebrating here with Wax with a grain bin butchery in Boyceville, Tractor Central, and Alliance Bank. And four people are going to win a $25 gift certificate from the grain bin butchery in Boyceville. You can win at the Wax Country Club. So get involved in that May Beef Month. And I would imagine you saw a lot of beef cattle on the way, too. We did see a lot of beef cows. It was kind of fun to see different pastures. They were pretty light, and some were really full. I did. We drove up through Kansas, and I get kind of a kick out of they have the Flint Hills. Yep, yep. And, you know, they're really not really hilly compared to what we have around here. And we don't even name our hills. No, they just roll out there. <laughs> they just roll. But I would imagine you saw some feedlots at... Uh, we held did. a lot of cattle. Did you see feedlots? Because this beef herd is shrinking, and because uh, of high feed costs and the, where we are in the cattle cycle, but uh, where they looked like they were full or had some room? They did look pretty full, some of the feedlots we saw. We did see a lot of, like, yearling-looking steers out on pasture mm-hmm. that I would say would be going to the feedlot in the fall. So we did see a lot of cattle. We saw round bales already. So Okay. So activity is underway. It's spring getting to summer around the country. And uh, we'll talk about uh, about that. As we said, the Crop Progress Report will come on out a little bit later on this morning or after the close of trade. And trade did start again last night. Markets were closed yesterday. But again, on the Board of Trade, the grain trade did open last night. We'll look at those numbers And a whole lot more as we go along this morning, but the weather, it's going to be a hot week. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, some more pretty good weather, just like we had for Memorial Day weekend. And hopefully you got a chance to get out yesterday for some kind of a Memorial Day observance. I, I was at the parade in Eau Claire, and what a crowd, a big crowd in Eau Claire for the Memorial Day parade. And a nice parade it was. Then went up to Bloomer, up to the, uh, the Vets Hall. Up there, the VFW Hall, uh, and uh, where they had the traveling walls, I guess we could call it the pictures of all the soldiers that uh, we lost from Wisconsin during the Vietnamese War, Vietnam War crisis, whatever you want to call it. And saw pictures of some of my high school classmates there, unfortunately, but uh, it was a good Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hey, weather, going to be nice today, hot, brought to you by Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps right now. 
ChilsonMotors.com. 85, partly cloudy today, down to about 60. Best chance of rain this week. Looks like it'll be tomorrow. About a 50% chance of rain. And it will be hot, about 87. And lesser chances on Thursday and Friday. And then partly cloudy over the weekend. Low 90s, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, about 89 on Sunday. Right now, it's 62 degrees. Well, it's about a minute after 5. Again, 62 right now around our area. Down south, it's cool. Madison, Sun Prairie, 54. It's only 57 in Milwaukee. We'll get 85 today. Hey, it's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Here's what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Dozens are recovering and at least 16 are dead following a bloody Memorial Day weekend across parts of the U.S. Monday, nine people were injured in a shooting in Hollywood, Florida. Shootings in and around Chicago accounted for more than eight deaths over the holiday weekend. In Arizona, a 20-year-old suspect was taken into custody in connection with multiple shootings that left four people dead. Elsewhere, three people were killed and five others were injured after a shooting at a motorcycle rally in New Mexico on Saturday night. The impeachment trial for Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is set to start no later than August the 28th. Chris Caraggio has the story. Twelve House members delivered the articles of impeachment to the state Senate on Monday. Those who will prosecute the case are made up of seven Republicans and five Democrats. Paxton, a Republican, is temporarily suspended after the GOP-controlled Texas House voted overwhelmingly on Saturday to impeach him on charges including abuse of office and obstruction of justice. I'm Chris Caraggio. Ron DeSantis is slamming the debt ceiling deal announced over the weekend. The Florida governor and 2024 GOP presidential candidate says the U.S. is still careening towards bankruptcy. He said the deal reached by President Biden and Speaker Kevin McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling for two years is a massive amount of spending, even with the new spending caps that have been promised. Proceedings are expected to get underway today in the Tree of Life capital murder trial. Michael Kastner reports. Jury selection wrapped up last week. Robert Bowers is charged with killing 11 worshipers at a Pittsburgh-area synagogue in 2018. It was the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. He had reportedly offered to plead guilty in return for a life sentence, but prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. I'm Michael Kastner. And the L.A. Dodgers are planning to host a Christian Faith and Family Day this summer in response to backlash over the team's Pride Night invite to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group of self-described queer and trans nuns. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And a check of our weather this morning for you as we're uh, five minutes after five o'clock. And our Skywarn 13 forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams right now. ChilsonMotors.com. Beautiful day again today. Partly cloudy, high about 85. 50% chance of rain tomorrow. And the high will be 87. And lesser chances of rain on Thursday and Friday. 20, 30%, something like that. But it's going to be hot. Continue hot. 90 on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Partly cloudy as uh, we get into the June dairy breakfast season this weekend, starting on Friday in Marshfield. So it will be warm. 90 Friday, Saturday, Sunday, cool off to 89. <laughs> Right now, it's 60 in Rice Lake, Medford at 56, Wausau 55, Marshfield 57, Green Bay 53, Milwaukee 57, Madison, Sun Prairie 54 this morning, and a very pleasant, hey, we're the warm spot, 62 degrees right here. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And, of course, all the markets were closed yesterday. Now, the uh, grain trade did reopen last night, and sale barn activity will kick in again today. But, Joe, how did the uh, livestock wrap up last week? Choice fed beef steers were 165 to 175 with mixed at 116 to 164. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 180 with mixed at 110 to 164. Choice fed Holstein steers are 146 to 161 with select and silage fed steers 91 to 145. Cows are 84 to 99 with a top of 129. Bulls are 95 to 116 with butcher hogs at 40 to 80. Sows are at 20. 
15 to 20. Boars are 12 and down. Unshorn market lambs are 155 to 192. Feeder lambs are $1 to 225. Ewes are 47 to 135. Small goats are 30 to 185. Medium goats are 115 to 315. Large goats are 40 to 380. And nanny goats are 35 to 285. And on Friday at the Mercantile Exchange, we had uh, live cattle higher. We had hogs and feeder cattle lower. June live cattle one sixty seven thirty five. That was up a nickel. August up forty cents at one sixty five seventeen. October up fifty seven at one sixty nine sixty. In December one seventy three twenty two. That was up thirty seven. Feeder cattle for August two thirty three ninety two. That was down seventy seven. September feeders two thirty seven ten down ninety seven. October two thirty nine oh two down a dollar two. November at two thirty nine fifteen down a dollar twelve. Lean hog carcass contracts June seventy six oh seven down one fifty seven, July at seventy four seventy seven down two forty seven, August hog seventy four oh five down two ninety, and October sixty nine ten that was down two ten. On the board of trade again, the board of trade opened uh, again last night for trading on Friday. Uh, the markets were a little higher with the, the dry weather, and uh, overnight the trade has July corn. Up a fraction, sitting at 6.04 this morning. The oats down 2 to 3 at 3.40. July wheat down 6 at 6.09. Soybeans down 15 at 13.22. Soybean meal down 4.50 a ton at $397.70. Barrel cheese on Friday, a penny lower, 149. The blocks down 4 and a quarter at 147 and 3 quarters. Butter up 1 and 1 quarter at 243. May class 3 down 1, 16.16. June. Now below sixteen dollars, down twenty three at fifteen eighty eight. July down six at sixteen fifty eight. August down seven, seventeen forty one. September down seven, eighteen thirty seven. Not good. Ten minutes after five here at Wax, and FFA members are graduating, ending the school year, getting ready for the uh, summer conference, and taking a look at what they did. We'll find out how one uh, young man did down there with the Osseo Fairchild chapter. Coming up next, right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. This Friday night, we just wrapped up the Osu Fairchild FFA banquet, and I caught up with a Mason Sheffer. He was the Sentinel, and he is now the new treasurer for the chapter. But you have had quite an adventurous year. One of the highlights was winning at the CDE contest in River Falls. What did you judge? Um, I was competing in the wildlife contest, and I had a team of freshmen along with me, and we placed eighth overall, and I placed first high individual. So what goes into doing the wildlife contest? It's a lot of identification and uh, understanding wildlife fishing game rules and being able to understand like between native and invasive species. So you said you brought freshmen with you. Are you planning on doing the contest again next year? Yes, I do plan on doing it again next year, and hopefully we can get to state. You're going to use the same freshman that you had, so they have a little experience with it already? Um, I plan on using the freshman that would like to compete again, um, and hopefully a couple more people like um, Brian Zimmerman or Charlie Thompson. Sounds like a good plan. Now, you were the sentinel, but now you're the treasurer. What really is the appeal to be an officer for the Osseo Fairchild FFA chapter? Um, I'll be able to get more uh, middle school and high school members involved and hopefully be able to expand our chapter's reach beyond just our school and our community and also be able to figure out what the careers they'll have later on. A little bit of enlightenment on what agriculture is all about, too? Um, agriculture just isn't about farming. Um, it's about different things like FA, even include like natural resources like fishing and hunting. And it's about like getting people together and being able to help each other out. And you, we mentioned before that you were part of the wildlife contest. That's looking a little bit like your future. You know what those plans might be? I'm thinking about attending UW-Stevens Point and majoring in fisheries and aquatic sciences. And FFA will help you get there, won't it? Definitely. And again, that's Mason Schuffer, a very successful member of the Osseo Fairchild FFA. And uh, good luck as we get ready to go to State convention. We'll have Casey Dent. Casey, the state president, was supposed to be in here this morning, wasn't she? She got a little sick under the weather? Yep, she's a little under the weather. She let me know through a text, but we should be hearing from her on Thursday. Very good, very good. And we also want to send our condolences out to the Dent family. Casey 
lost her grandfather here a week or so ago, and uh, a good man that did a, did an awful lot of good things. He was a military veteran, and again, send our condolences along to the Denk family. Coming up, 14 minutes after 5 o'clock, we've got some farm news to take a look at here on WAC. For those who work in acres, not in hours, WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk about tulips. Jody Wilhelm down at Fall Creek. If you've driven down by Fall Creek, uh, right by the pond there, their little farm. And A&J Agronomy right there in Fall Creek. Jody, uh, Jody a lot of uh, tulips. And she's uh, looking at getting a tulip bulb adventure and maybe putting in a tulip demonstration park up there. It's on K, so... We'll hear what Julie, uh, Jody rather, Jody's uh, plan is with tulips. But in the meantime, Jill, what else is going on? Well, the Supreme Court made a major decision last week that significantly changes the terminology and enforcement of the Waters of the USA rule. The court sided with an Idaho landowner who ruled by ruling that the EPA's authority went when making decisions regarding the Clean Waters Act was way too broad. In a 5-4 to four decision, the justices said the EPA had misinterpreted the Clean Water Act's reach. In a report from DTN, the Data Transmission Network, they added that the act extends to only wetlands with a continuous surface connection to bodies of water that are waters of the United States in their own right, those defined as navigable waterways on a permanent basis. And new numbers from research done at the University of Illinois and Ohio State University show that seven of the ten states getting the most commodity payments in 2021 from the federal government are in the South. For price loss coverage payments, about 70% of the payments were for peanuts and long grain rice with peanut peanut payouts totaling $166 million. 99% of those payments went to six states. Georgia got the most, $74 million, with Texas second at $46 million, and North Dakota third, receiving $41 million in payments. The other states getting the most in PLC money were Arkansas, South Dakota, Alabama, Louisiana, North Carolina, Florida, and Montana. Just like everything else farmers pay for, land rents are up in 2023. New numbers out of Iowa show average cash rent for farm ground is up 9% this year to an average of $279 an acre. That breaks Iowa's previous record for land rents of $270 set back in 2013. Prices increased in 91 of 9 Prices increased in 91 of Iowa's 99 counties, with the average price for high-quality land now averaging $297 an acre. The most expensive land rentals in Iowa this year are $307 an acre. And they're getting towards the end of planting all that expensive land as well as, uh, you know, land sales in Iowa. And the reason for their rent being so high, land sales are $25,000 and more, so they're they're getting a lot of money out in Iowa for putting corn and beans in the ground, and we'll uh, we'll get a report about Wisconsin as we uh, as we go forward. Eighteen minutes after five o'clock, again partly cloudy today. It's going to be hot, eighty-five, and that might seem cool. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are supposed to be ninety, and we do have a about a fifty percent chance of rain in the forecast for tomorrow with a high about eighty-seven. So. Corn-growing weather here in Wisconsin. We get a little moisture in there, and a lot of hay has been knocked down and uh, put up. So, again, we're getting a lot of work done here, and it's not even the 1st of June. Coming up, we're going to talk tulips. It's tulip time. And that's, of course, with uh, friend uh, Jody down there, Jody Wilhelm, at A&J Agronomy. Beautiful. I don't know how many thousand tulips she planted, she told us, so we'll hear that. But we're going to find out what's going on in the tulip industry in Fall Creek. Coming up on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Things are 
blooming outside the barns in Wisconsin. I'm Bob Bosel outside the northern end of the world's longest barn, and I'm standing in a field full of tulips with Jody Wilhelm of Fall Creek. What's the deal, Jody, with all these tulips? How many tulips have you got here, and how'd you get started doing this? Well, we have 16,000 tulips, and we were looking to diversify into something more local, and we saw tulips, and we thought, those are really pretty, and... So we decided to try them, and they grow, and um, we have gone from there. How much research did you do, or you didn't just jump in at both feet saying, I think tulips are pretty? We planted 4,000 the first year to see if they would grow, um, and they have. And since, I've been learning a lot about them, so I'm definitely not an expert, and there's still some things that we need to figure out how we're going to do. But you are an agronomist, so obviously, a trained agronomist, so obviously you understand how things grow, the relationship between soil and fertilizer and all kinds of things that we need to grow our crops in Wisconsin. But as far as the tulip enterprise, what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to plant our display garden and have fields of tulips like they have in Washington and um, probably not as big as Holland because that's a major player, but to have like people crawling all over Fall Creek to come and see the tulips every spring. How much does Holland play a part in this? Are we looking at some tulips, so to speak, from the motherland of tulips? We are. That was... Uh, my seed source uh, was there originally from Holland, and um, we're growing them here to try and make more bulbs. So you, you wonderful customers can come and plant them in your own gardens. And that's the thing. You're selling bulbs. You're not selling flowers. The plan is to sell bulbs with the display garden. We are going to have cut your own bouquet area uh, where you can cut the tulips that you want to put in a bouquet and take home. How far away are we from realizing the dream? Because I know you've just gotten started in this. The plan is for the uh, visitor's garden in the future. How far along are we? To some degree, that's to be determined. Um, like you said, I'm a trained agronomist, so I'm trying to finish up my master's degree. And so hopefully it will be in the next year or two where we have the display garden and some of the other information kind of figured out on how to do production bulbs well. How much time do you have to devote to this? Because I've had the, the pleasure, the honor, whatever you want to call it, to see the Kikinoff Gardens in Holland. Three million bulbs, spring bulbs, tulips, glads, and things like that. How much research did you have to do, and are you still doing, to find the kind of bulbs that will work here and the kind of bulbs you want to, you want to present to people? Well, fortunately, we didn't get our bulbs harvested last year. So now we can see what will perennialize better and what isn't going to work in the area. If you are looking for a bulb that comes back every year, um, there's varieties that have done really well and some varieties that are eh and some that didn't even come back at all after the second year. So that was good research um, and that was kind of just an accident. We, you know, we had a baby last summer and we should have been harvesting bulbs and she took precedence. We're planning on harvesting this summer. We'll see how the bulbs look, um, and if we if they're good quality, um, we'll sell them. And uh, so we do research kind of as we go, and the questions pop up a little bit. As we look at the uh, 12,000 tulips that are growing out here now, there are a lot of different colors. They're not all one color. They're variegated. They're big ones. They're small ones. They're double tulips. you got a lot of opportunity. You have a lot of options here for different kinds of tulips. Yes, I, ha I think I have my favorites, but every time I look at the new blooms, they're just so nice. We have red ones and yellow ones and pink ones and white ones, and they all look different, and it's probably my favorite time of year when the tulips bloom. What is the challenge, and what is the, the proper environment, so to speak, for these tulips, and to get the bulbs through the winter from growing season to growing season? So the proper um, climate for tulips is... You have to have 14 weeks of cold and dark. I think around 35 degrees is the temperature. Actually, so popular belief is plant them six inches deep. You should plant them four inches deep and then put mulch on the top of them, and that will give you the best. Your tulips will come back more with four, a four-inch planting depth with mulch on top than any other depth with mulch. So we don't dig them every year and, like, put them in the basement in a dark, cool room where we might keep the, the vegetables, so to speak. I don't think that would be cold enough for them. I think they need to be a little bit colder than that. So you can plant them in the ground and they'll come back here. Sometimes 
not all the varieties will come back, so you kind of have to test on your own and see what's going to work well. And you also want to have well-drained soil. Um, they don't like to have wet, wet feet. Is it a, just a guess as to uh, what's the most popular or what people will like the best? What have people told you so far as you're getting into this enterprise? Every time people come and take a look at it, they always like different ones. Some people like the red ones, some people like the pink ones, some people like, you know, the more pastel yellow and white ones. So I always like to hear which ones people are really drawn to because there's so many different colors and shapes and everybody is, has been really different, so I've been surprised. Is Holland the major area to get your tulips or are there suppliers in this country that probably get them from Holland? What, what have you found? Holland is obviously the biggest player in the game, but there's a couple tulip outfits in Washington State. Pella, Iowa has a tulip festival, um, and there's a tulip festival in Michigan as well. Is the goal to have a tulip festival in Fall Creek, Wisconsin someday? Ultimately, that is my like dream goal, yes. As we go further into the, uh, the season now here, we're early spring, we're still planting corn and beans around the state. These are at the end of their life as far as blossoming? Yeah, um, all the years we've had them, they're usually done by June 1st. And then do you clip them or just let them die back? So we take the, the seed heads off, um, and then you wait until the, the vegetation, the leaves have died, and then you can cut those off after everything has turned brown, and then you just leave them in the ground and let them do their thing, and they come back next year. You must have to identify which variety you've got where because uh, there are a lot of different varieties. You don't just leave them in the ground and be surprised in the spring of what's growing. I have a list of rows that I planted, and I have them all labeled. Um, they all have stakes in, and they're labeled, so I know what everything is called for when we harvest them, and we can get them in the right boxes. At this point in time, now we got 12,000 tulips in the ground here. How many different varieties do you have? Because you, you have to keep track of, of what you got approximately because some are solid colors, some are orange and yellow, some are variegated in other ways. I think we probably have something like 60 varieties planted. The bottom line is a tulip's not a tulip. I mean, it's not like one size fits all. You've got some choices here. Yeah, and they're all very pretty. What's your favorite? I like the El Ninos the best, but the rest of them depends on the day. And they're coming in different heights and different uh, blossoms. Tell me about some of that. I have some bunching varieties. They're called Quebecs, and they're they they start out really short. And as the plant as the flower is around longer, it gets taller and it gets bigger. Um, so the Quebecs started out really short, and they they're bunching tulips, so there were a lot of little tulips all together, um, and oh, I just love those when they come up. Right now we have red and yellow and purple double tulips, and double tulips kind of look like a big zinnia or peonies, uh, some people have said. And then we have some red and yellow ones. There is a lot of tulip choices, and there is something for everyone. And again, that's Jody Wilhelm in Fall Creek with her uh, tulip venture and if you drive through fall creek you can uh, see him i went that was a week or so ago i was down there with jody so i'm not sure what the status of those tulips is right now but again eventually she hopes to be selling tulip bulbs so contact her and put in a flower tulip garden up along highway k there on the top of the farm so uh, interesting stuff with uh, jody wilhelm down at anj agronomy in fall creek <laughs> tell you she She's a worker, that's for sure. 5.30 in the morning, speaking of work, and they got to go back to work. It's still May Beef Month. Memorial Day is over. Sale barns are open. We'll find out from Rocky what's going on at Premier Livestock here in uh, Withy. Brought to you by the Grain Bin Butchery and Market over there in Boyceville during May Beef Month. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's get to it. Rocky's got to go back to work today over at Premier Livestock and with Did you have a good weekend, though, Rocky? Yeah, I had a great weekend. Ah, good. Hopefully everybody did. And, uh, well, 85 and partly cloudy, and then 90 later in the week, so it's going to be warm. Wow. Not good cattle weather. <laughs> oh, we're probably going to be due for some rain here one of these well, days Well, tomorrow there's about a 50% chance of rain, and I think uh, 
for most people, it would be kind of a, a welcome sight right about now. But in the meantime, we're going to open up the week today. Tell us about it. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'll tell you first about uh, last week's markets here at Premier Livestock. Uh, last week, we sold over 2,700 head of livestock. Uh, market cows much stronger last week. Uh, High-yielding market cows from $1.05 to $1.28. Most cows traded from 87 to 104. High-yielding market bulls from $1.05 to $1.24. Fed uh, cattle trade, that was also stronger. High-choice and prime Holstein steers, 145 to $162. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.69. Organic market cows uh, sold mostly from $1.10 to $1.56. We're normally selling market the organic market cows every Monday, but today we will sell them uh, here today, Tuesday. Uh, Newborn Holstein bull calves, very strong. Uh, Most of the Holstein bull calves from $175 to $325 per head. Your beef calves, $200 to $550. Holstein heifer calves, $30 to $150. Today, Tuesday, uh, we are starting an hour early there with the holiday run. Uh, we're going to start with the newborn Holstein bull calves. Uh, that's going to be underway at 10 o'clock this morning. That'll just be the first run of calves at 10. Uh, we'll follow with the feeder cattle auction at 11, and then we'll go on to the uh, fed cattle and the market cows. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, that's going to be the dairy cattle auction. we got a complete herd dispersal of 65 Holstein and red Holstein tie stall cows. Younger herd of cows here, guys, nice cows, 65-pound average. 185,000 cell count. All select sires breeding. Got a nice selection of spring and heifers again, including a load of certified organic crossbreds. They're certified grass-fed as well. Uh, we got two fancy registered red Holstein breeding bulls big enough for cows. Full details on the website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us here at Premier at 715-229-2500. Uh, don't forget, this is going to be the last week that you can bring in your farm equipment uh, for our big farm machinery auction on June 16th. Uh, so get those consignments in this week. We'll be uh, Saturday till noon, but otherwise we'll be taking equipment in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and like I said, Saturday till noon. So that's the way it's looking, Bob, and looking forward to getting back at the week. All right, and uh, there should be no shortage of equipment for that sale. No, looks very good. So. All right, and across the line from tillage to planting to harvest and everything, huh? About whatever you're looking for, we probably got it. All right, we'll talk to you in the morning. Have a great one. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And uh, what's the weather going to be like? Because we're wrapping up May, getting into June dairy month. Dairy breakfasts are coming up. We've got Northside Elevator bringing us our weather forecast from over at Skywarn 13. And that means Mike Dandry is up and at it. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, it's beautiful. We're one of the warm spots here this morning. I was looking at temperatures around the state and, what, 62 or something like that? Yeah, right now 63, and oh uh, there's there's some other places, though. Black River Falls, of course, we see those lower elevations, a little cooler on days that there's not much in the way of cloud cover and a light wind. And, uh, yeah, when I'm saying, I like to point them out when I'm saying it's a beautiful morning because they're probably saying to me, what are you talking about? It's 40 degrees. Hi, you know? Black River, it's 40 degrees? Yep, that's uh, it's a little chilly down that way. Wow. Holy mackerel! That, I didn't. I know they've been different from us usually, but not that much. Forty-three degrees or twenty-three degrees difference. Yep, you got it. Wow. Well, what's going to happen today? I hope they warm up. Now they will. They will warm up quite a bit, as will the rest of us too. As we'll have uh, intervals of clouds and sunshine for today, and a chance at a pop-up shower or storm into the afternoon, with our highs reaching the mid to upper eighties tonight. Staying partly cloudy again. Another chance at a pop-up shower, especially as we get. A little bit more moisture working its way in with the lows dipping to the low to mid-60s for the most part. Even warmer to wrap up the work week starting tomorrow with a mostly sunny sky overall. Chances at a pop-up shower storm. That's really going to be the case over the next couple of days as more moisture works its way in. Tomorrow, though, getting into the upper 80s, potentially touching 90. Better chances at hitting 90 for Thursday and Friday. Again, more of the same. We'll have more sunshine, but chances at pop-up showers and storms. Those take us through the weekend as well. Partly sunny on Saturday, still into the low 90s. Then we start a bit of a cool down on Sunday and Monday, but still mid to upper 80s for our highs. And then this time next week is when we should start to see those temperatures dropping to the lower 80s, which is still above average, but a little closer to where we should be. 
And we have a partly to mostly cloudy sky right now with a temperature of 63 degrees in Eau Claire. And uh, this weekend we start June Dairy Month breakfast and don't look too bad. No, not looking too bad. Again, we'll have chances at pop-up showers and storms here and there. But for the most part, nothing's looking widespread. So, uh, yeah, get out and enjoy them. Oh, that is a good message. Thank you, sir. You bet. We'll talk to you tomorrow. There he goes. Mike Dandrew at Skywarn 13 taking a look at our weather forecast. And Morgan's going to be next with the news. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, our weather and news brought to you by Northside Elevator. And a quick check of the prices at uh, Northside Elevator and Loyal today. Corn, cashes. At 587, soybeans 1282, and at the Arcadia location, corn 593, soybeans at 1296. And it's time to bring in Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Morning, Morgan. Did you have a great weekend? Hey, good morning, Bob and Jill. Yeah, you know what? It was hard to be what was going on outside, wasn't it? Oh, that man. weather was just about dialed in perfectly. Yeah, you don't want to be doing things inside when you had that kind of weather. That's for sure. I got a lot of things planted. I'm still. Trying to figure out how to get my... How do you, uh, girls get their fingernails clean after doing that? You come see me in the newsroom today, and I'll give you a manicure, okay? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my I'll goodness. get those hooves all uh, <laughs> filed down for you, take you to the farrier. <laughs> all right, we'll do that later on. In the meantime, go to work. What's going on? We can do that, and we're coming out of that Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully, it treated you and your uh, family and loved ones well. Unfortunately, headlines that include a deadly accident is where we begin, and it's Barron County that offers an update with 715 Newsroom cover. John DeMaster and the latest out of that crash with multiple injuries. The Barron County Sheriff's Office says it happened yesterday afternoon on Highway 25 north of Ridgeland. The sheriff says a van with 10 people inside was hit by a car with four teens inside. A passenger in the van and a 13-year-old passenger in the car both died. The van's driver and two 17-year-olds from the car are fighting for their lives in the hospital. Deputies say everyone else in the van and the car were taken to the hospital for minor injuries. That crash is under investigation. I'm John DeMaster. Well, if you were traveling near Wausau and wondering what the holdup was, question marks are still uh, circulating, but it was down power lines that closed part of Highway 97 near Wausau for about 12 hours. Crews were finally able to reopen that road about 2.15 yesterday afternoon, but the power lines came in down in the middle of the night and were blocking the road in Stratford. They're still looking into the cause of that. As we look to uh, get out into the woods, hunters, you have today and tomorrow to apply for an elk hunting permit. Department of Natural Resources says the application period closes at the end of the day tomorrow. Elk hunting season scheduled for October, of course, and then again in December. Well, the home sweet home welcome mat isn't being rolled out nearly as often, not necessarily a buyer's market, and we have numbers from our part of the state. The latest report from Wisconsin Realtor shows that home sales in the western part of Wisconsin are down 38% from this point last year, down nearly 40% in Eau Claire County alone and over 55% in Chippewa County. Right now, it's kind of the perfect storm. We have that uh, lack of homes for sale combined with high prices and then, of course, high interest rates. All of that swirls together, have those home number and sales numbers go down. And if you're not searching for a home, maybe you're searching for a little time away, maybe vacation on the beach, put your feet up. I know it can't do that during planting season, but if you do have a vacation plan for later this year, watch out for the Scientists birds. at the University of Sussex, that's in the UK, studied seagulls and human interaction. Turns out they watch us. They know what we're eating and where we put it. The study says seagulls methodically plan their swoop for human snacks. The study shows while birds would eat snacks left out, they prefer what is in our hands. And while they'll eat just about anything, they like chips the most. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Well, it's not a beach bird, but I can tell you in the country, sitting on our porch watching our feeder, they do not like the mullet. They spit that out all, all the time, so Alex has to buy new bird seed, uh, something more to their liking. It's a picky flock we have at our bird feeders, I tell you. <laughs> but you've been uh, taking vacations in Florida where the seagulls are all over the beach. Oh, yeah. And you're trying to sit there and enjoy the water, enjoy the sun, or just relax and read. And somebody got two or three little kids next to you, and they're giving the kids Cheetos. <laughs> the Cheetos. The kids are feeding those seagulls, and they're flying over you, top yeah. you, and bombing you and everything else. I don't think that's part of their native diet on the beach. No, we see the pelicans dive into the ocean, but they don't come up with Cheetos, I can no, tell you that. I don't think so. I don't, but it sure is beach weather, that's for sure. Indeed. Uh, Lake Boyceville, I imagine, is loaded, huh? Oh, the, yes. Uh, I like to sit and watch the pickle waves roll in on beautiful shores of Lake Boyceville. There you go. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> Anytime, Pop. All right, there's Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. We're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got some markets to get to. 
And uh, we're also going to talk to Dan Understander and get our alfalfa update. We, of course, did not get to that yesterday because uh, no one was here to do the chores. But uh, we'll get that done next here on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. For some folks, first crop is off. And that means what's next? Maybe spring fertilization. We're going to talk about that. With Dan Undersander on our next Girl Alfalfa Update program, Dan, our state forage specialist. And Dan, uh, that spring fertilization is so important because it's a long growing season. That's right, Bob. It's uh, really important to think about it at this time. We really recommend a fertilization after first cutting rather than first thing in the spring because of better nutrient uptake by the soil, because uh, we're less likely to leave ruts in the field from the fertilizer application equipment. And so now at first cutting, and also if you do a late summer fertilization, you should have enough nutrients to cover the fall growth and the first cutting spring growth. So now is the time when we really need to think about fertilizing that alfalfa. Um, a soil test is the best way to start. If you can, but if not, uh, most of our audience that are putting manure on some of these fields have adequate uh, phosphorus. And so the main thing that we're thinking about is potassium. Uh, We need to remember that alfalfa removes about 55 pounds of potassium per ton of forage harvested. And so um, if we're expecting a five or six ton yield, we need to put on uh, something uh, in that vicinity of five to six times the amount of the 50 pounds. The other kinds of things that we need to think about is most of our fields now need sulfur and recognize that this is not tested on a soil test. So uh, do just consider putting down five or six pounds of sulfur, again, per ton of forage that you expect to have. And it's probably appropriate to think about uh, fertilizing the, the potassium and the sulfur for two or three cuttings and then coming back in late summer and putting on the additional amount needed for the fall and spring growth. The other thing we need to think about is adding about a pound of boron per ton of forage that we harvest because each ton of forage removes about eight-tenths of a pound of boron. The other thing to consider is if your alfalfa is not growing and not as much as you think it should, if it is not uh, green and recovering quickly, it might be appropriate to do a tissue test on that alfalfa because uh, a tissue test is the only way to tell if any secondary or trace minerals are limiting the growth of that alfalfa. The appropriate procedure is to take about the top six inches of growth at harvest and then to submit that for analysis. And then again, we'd recommend that we fertilize accordingly to whether or not the plant has taken up adequate levels of the nutrients. So think now about uh, particularly potassium, sulfur, and boron. Consider whether or not you need might need any trace minerals and do a tissue test if you do. Thank you, Dan. Dan Undersander, State Forage Specialist. And again, fertilization after that first cut. That's his recommendation. Hey, my recommendation is jump on the bus with me. We're going to see a Brewers game, and they're playing the Cubs. So all you Cubs fans, come on along, too. We're going to have fun. It's a Thursday afternoon game, July 6th. And, of course, it's uh, in Milwaukee. We're not going all the way to Chicago. We'll get on there to uh, American Family Field, and you can get your tickets uh, for the bus trip and the game and all that stuff go to info at waxradio.com yeah yours truly i'll be uh, on that bus with you we'll have a cookout when we get there should be a lot of fun down american family field it's a thursday afternoon game july 6th milwaukee brewers chicago cubs good baseball so come on along and uh, a lot of other things going on. Before we do that, we got to go to breakfast. Jill, give us a start of the weekend for the weekend number one in June. Well, on Friday, there is going to be a dairy breakfast at the Expo Building at the Central Wisconsin State Fairgrounds from 5.30 till 9.30. And that's part of, of course, Marshfield Dairy Fest weekend, as always. They'll start, I think they'll start on Thursday and go all the way through the weekend. So 
the dairy breakfast just part of that. Where else are we going this weekend? And Saturday, Chippewa County is going to have their dairy breakfast. That'll be at the Cadat Junior Senior High School. That's Saturday from 8 till 11. And that's sponsored by the Chippewa County Milk Supporters and more. Also on Saturday, if you're down in the Cashton area, you can go to the Monroe County Dairy Breakfast. At, that's uh, sponsored by the Monroe County Dairy Promotions. And that will be at Maple Twin Farms on Navajo Road in Cashton on Saturday. And that's from 7 till 11. And if you're not, if you need even more pancakes, you can head on over to Stratford. They're having their FFA alumni dairy breakfast on Sunday from 7 to 1230. And that's at the Country Air Restaurant north of Stratford. Also, Abbotsford is having their dairy breakfast on Sunday. That's at Midwest Sidewalls from 7 till noon. And that's in Curtis. And Granton FFA Alumni Dairy Breakfast will be at the Mark and Julie Kehart Family Farm on Granton Road in Granton on Sunday, June 4th, serving from 7 till 1230. All right, so that's just week one of the dairy breakfast schedule around our area. So hopefully the weather will cooperate. It'll sure be warm enough, that's for sure. And hopefully uh, if it rains, it rains during the week and not on the dairy fest. And we're going to get to uh, markets. We're about, well, almost nine, 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, 63 degrees, 85, partly cloudy today. We're going to hear from Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Bar next, right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And Tuesday, we go back to work after having yesterday off. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a very good morning to you. Now, this is one of these mornings that we talk about and uh, wish we had, like, say, back in January, you know. Yeah, don't we always wish we had these in January? But, uh, boy, it's different. It's 63 here. It's only 40 in Black River Falls. Well, we're right in the middle. We're at, like, 52. Well, that's a good place to be, right in the middle. Well, get us started on the on the week. No trade yesterday, but full speed ahead now. That's what's going on out, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. And we're going to uh, give the folks a sales schedule here this week at Equity Stratford. Like Bob said, no auction yesterday. But um, uh, we will get started this morning bright and early at 10 o'clock. Uh, first of all, we're going to have the hay and bedding auction at 10 o'clock. Also, right, getting started at 10 o'clock will be the market cattle auction today. And, of course, we will be selling organic cattle uh, those will be around 11 o'clock today, but we will be starting today at 10 o'clock. So, folks, uh, if you're planning on moving livestock today, uh, get your chores done, have some breakfast, come on over and bring your cattle in, and we'll get started at 10 o'clock on the market cattle. We will be selling cows today, like I said, uh, fed cattle, market bulls, organic cattle will be at 11 o'clock. Uh, expecting a large run of calves today. Those will be sold starting at the noon hour. So that will be the schedule for today. Uh, again, the, the barn will be opening up here at 6 a.m. here, just a couple minutes for you folks, uh, early risers are on the road already. Uh, tomorrow will be a busy day also here in Stratford, full marketing day, including uh, fed cattle, market cows, sheep, hogs, and goats also on Wednesday. And uh, we will do baby calves tomorrow also around 11.30. Our feeder cattle sale tomorrow will be at 12.30. And uh, just a normal marketing day on Thursday, of course, market uh, cattle at 11 o'clock, baby calves around the noon hour on Thursday. So, again, folks, if you got questions, uh, give us a call here, 687-4101. Do want to look ahead a little bit to next week. Now, folks, this will be next week. Our next dairy auction will be on June 6th, next Tuesday, a week from today. We do have a lot of cattle for that sale. We do have a complete herd dispersal of 45 Holstein cows, five heifers. Again, uh, cows are AI bred. Uh, full vaccination program, monthly herd health check on these cows. Also coming along, uh, this will be a different consignment, 14 organic springing heifers and bred heifers. Six of these are very close. Some may even be fresh by sale day. So again, the uh, owner sold his herd last year. Now he's selling the heifers as they spring up. So that will be on the 6th and then two weeks from today. On the 13th, we do have another complete herd dispersal of over 100 dairy cows. So good opportunity to buy some good quality dairy cattle. I know you folks are busy, but uh, we will uh, um, uh, you know, be in the market for these good cows here. 
Also, tomorrow, part of the feeder cattle sale, we do have some good quality black and black-white face heifers already for that sale. So a lot of information on our website. Invite your folks to take a look at that. Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and we'll be back here tomorrow morning. Give some updated numbers on the markets. So like I said last week, they're looking good. So I guess the only fly in the ointment is a dairy thing, like you said before, and hopefully that'll turn around pretty soon. Yeah, let's hope so. That's for sure. Are you going to be uh, at the sale barn during the month of June making ice cream Sundays for everybody? Uh, probably not, but <laughs> we, we're 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 probably going to be a full weekend schedule here for these dairy breakfasts, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we got three of them already going on this week, yep. this coming weekend. So yeah, it's going to be busy. Now, are you going to be over in Marshall on Friday, or are you going to send Jill over there? Well, we're planning to be there, so uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you if you're there that early. Well, it's, it's uh, probably be after we do the report. I'll see how things, okay. see how things work out. We'll but, talk uh, to you anyway, later. that's... We'll yeah, talk, Bob. We'll let you go. All right. We'll talk to you later in the week about that and uh, get that problem solved. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Synergy Co-op at Ridgeland bringing us our markets. Now, uh, grain trade uh, closed all day yesterday, did open last night. And uh, overnight, July corn a fraction higher at 604. The oats down 2 to 3 cents at 340. July wheat down 6 at 609. Soybeans down 15 cents on that July contract, 1322. Meal down four fifty a ton at three ninety seven seventy. Country elevator prices today. Northside elevator loyal location corns at five eighty seven with soybeans at twelve eighty two. In Arcadia corns at five ninety three and soybeans are at twelve ninety six. Wheat and grain Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location corns at five seventy five with soybeans at twelve eighty seven. And on the DTN screen, corn today golden plump five ninety nine at Baldwin corns five sixty two beans twelve seventy two. Duran corn is five sixty two, beans twelve sixty seven. Both Mondovi and Elmwood have corn at five sixty six, soybeans twelve seventy two, Fall Creek five fifty two and twelve forty seven, Osseo corn five seventy nine, beans twelve seventy two, Elk Mound the corn is five seventy two, beans twelve seventy eight, Sparta five ninety and twelve fifty two, and Ellsworth corn five fifty two, beans twelve forty seven. Ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley have corn at six oh four today, New Richmond five ninety eight. Barrel cheese down a penny, a dollar forty nine. Blocks on Friday down four and a quarter at one forty seven and three quarters. Butter up a cent and a quarter at two forty three. May class three down one at sixteen sixteen. June down twenty three, fifteen eighty eight. July down six at sixteen fifty eight. August down seven at seventeen forty one. September down seven, eighteen thirty seven. Nice day again. Nice week. Nice warm week. Hot week. We've got 85 and partly cloudy today. Later in the week, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, looks like we're going to be about 90. A little bit of rain maybe tomorrow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.